0: Expendables 2 tries to right the wrongs of the original by giving the major action stars more to do, and even pushes the panic button to bring in the one man who can save the Expendables. That man's name is Chuck Norris. To the collector's cut. I am Peter, and joining me as always is my brother in arms, David. I've been called that, but I have mellowed. Not by much. (laughs) Uh, This is a movie podcast. We work through franchises and actor and director, filmographies, things like that. We are going through the Expendables franchise and the build-up to the fourth one coming out. And we did Expendables one last time, so it's time for the Expendables 2. We'll start spoiler-free, as we always do, and we'll give you warning before we go into the spoilers. Um, Not that there's a lot in a movie like this, but there's a few key key plot beats that we'll just avoid talking about. So um we've got everyone back pretty much from the last one we have some more faces thrown in some big faces at that actually uh Mm -hmm. so we'll get into that uh but yeah expendables are back we weren't super hot in the first film it was kind of a misfire and didn't live up to what it could be so we came into expendables 2 with the hope that things had improved and we'll see how it goes so david
1: Mm. how did you feel about expendables 2 so you remember we mentioned last movie that the only Expendables movie I watched was Expendables three. Uh huh. I was mistaken. <laughs> um, I thought it was three. It was actually this one. I, I had oh, that's seen really this one before. Me. Yeah, I don't know how I really made that mistake because it was part of, the only reason I watched it, even partially, was because it was part of a double billing with um, Dark Knight Rises, which what? was obviously not 2014. Yeah, 2012, yeah, they've been this one. Yeah, not sure how I quite made that mistake, but regardless, in going through and watching this movie, I'm, I'll just be honest, I didn't remember a damn thing. The only reason that I knew i had seen this before is that there are two moments that are played for comedy beats, which are total spoilers, so I won't say it, that jogged my memory, that said, oh, hey, this is a movie that you've seen before. Beyond that, totally fresh viewing, practically. So with that in mind, what did I think? I think that this movie is a lot more fun than the first one. I think that it is going through and it is actually playing up some of those over-the-top tropes that we were hoping for in the last movie. That being said, I think the plot and specifically the villain are significantly weaker in terms of how much I really care about them. I think that its its story is just so bare bones, it may as well just be an anthology of here's all the wacky adventures they got up to on their way to this city. So yeah, a lot weaker in a lot of ways, but a lot funnier in other ways. Yeah, I have to disagree with one key point you
0: made there. Uh, the villain? It's not that it's, not that it's good, but mm-hmm. there's two things that stick out to me. The first movie was guilty of just having too many villain scenes that did nothing. This did mm. not do that. There's actually, they keep it to the bare minimum. you only see him a few times, but he's yep. absolutely needed to set up. the few plot points that need to be set up, and that's it. And number two, Jean-Claude Van Damme is far more entertaining to watch than Eric Roberts in a business suit. So I think I the villain is... Agree. Ex- like exponentially better than the last one I,
1: I think that the villain is great it's i think the weakness comes into the relation to the heroes because like you're saying there's only a few scenes and therefore it feels like the heroes and all the people they run into are saying this villain guy is so bad but i never get that feeling because i never see the villain like doing these things
0: Yeah, I still disagree with that point, because because in in the the story, he does something to actually make the heroes want to dislike him. Whereas in the first movie, the main villain and the heroes don't really interact until the third act. Like, they they don't even cross paths, really. So, you know, I I do think this is better. So, I do think this one's more fun. I think mm-hmm. it plays off some of those stereotypes that like you say. There's some silly moments in the action which are enjoyable. Uh, it's almost too tongue-in-cheek at a couple points, but it, yes. it but it does have the tongue-in-cheek. It does have more of the payoff. The team actually feel like a team where mm-hmm. you know, all the main members are around together for most of the movie. You know, most of them will just disappear for a lot of it. That's also good. Yeah. Um, and I think, and this comes from Simon West, the director of Con Air, and well, Con Air a better movie. This does feel unlike the first one, much closer to the movies that it's harkening back to in terms of tone, in terms of feeling like it's that type of plot. Yeah, which, Mm -hmm. and the plot's not anything special, or you know, I'm gonna sit here and say it's a great movie, because it isn't, but for what it's trying to be, this feels like it's actually ticking a lot of the boxes. There's still some dodgy moments of CG, sure, Mm -hmm. absolutely but by and large this is better there, there are one or two wink wink moments some of them work for me and then some of them just go way over the line and
1: do not work for me you, you say wink wink moments like yeah there's wink wink moments but there are some moments in this where they may as well just be driving their arm into your rib cage and being like <laughs> hey you notice that you see it they, look
0: the, subtlety is not uh, these no. men's uh, forte okay they don't do Although- subtle
1: that is one thing I did. Uh, we mentioned last movie, how it felt like Bruce Willis was the odd man out mm-hmm. in the just general schema of the three people of Schwarzenegger, Stallone, and Bruce Willis. Apparently, and I knew this, so I don't know how I forgot it, all three of them were the co-founders of Planet Hollywood like the food chain restaurant oh sure yeah yeah so they do it makes sense that they're all together and i do think they do a better job in this movie where they all come together but it is still i i guess what it is is that bruce willis feels like he owns up to the role a little bit more in this movie than he did in the last one yeah
0: i mean my my issue as much as i i would say that he does feel a little odd is he doesn't feel like he's the same type of action star that the other guys all are Mm-hmm. but my me last movie was more just his character was just kind of this aggressive dick and he didn't feel like he fit in with the vibes of everyone else yeah. here he kind of softens and feels a bit i mean he's still him but he's you know he, he's a little bit softer um yep it's uh, you know I, I think that's all all fine um yeah so you get all those you add in jean-claude van damme as the villain um mm-hmm. we get someone who i mean i don't think this is a spoiler because i knew before i saw it originally that chuck norris was going to appear um when and how he was going to appear is something that i will not spoil um i will just say though when i watch this in theaters when it builds up to the moment and it's sort of like oh wait who who did this thing who did this thing i remember sitting in the theater going this is it (laughs) this is the chuck norris entrance (laughs) and i I
1: just such (laughs) it's such a good intro to the character and I, my favorite bit, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but my favorite bit is they introduce a little musical motif for mm. him that then comes back later and when the motif comes back later, that's the only time I got a full laugh out loud moment because it was just so <laughs> perfectly placed yeah um, and another thing with the villain that I really liked is that,
0: I think this movie does have some better visuals and I feel like the villain has a couple of good entrances where he's either right. in the mist or there's a really cool light beaming up from underneath like a, a metal grating and he's like sort of bathed in it, there's, there's a couple of cool visual moments whereas the first movie, honestly by comparison I thought looked kind of just murky and shit <laughs> like yeah I, I definitely felt a visual upgrade not that it was again i'm not saying it's stanley kubrick And it just it has enough of those cool action movie shots at various points to to make it work uh so mm-hmm. it is definitely better is it a good movie i wouldn't say so i think if you grew up on the movies that this is trying to harken back to i think there's enough here to like but like I said earlier, this is from Simon West, the director. Of Con, Air. Con Air is a better movie than this. Which, by the way, oh, yeah. why, why was Nicolas Cage never in any of these
1: trivia? Oh. Um, from what I recall, they were saying that the characters of who was it? I think it was the villains in this movie. Actually, um, were they were trying to get Nick Cage and Sylv- and uh, John Travolta. Oh really? That's to both come in, I believe that was at end. It was just a matter of they couldn't get the every all everybody's scheduling lined up. Uh, okay,
0: so. um, it's a lot of people to juggle. Uh, it's one mm-hmm. thing I actually noticed in this is a couple of times would say Arnold. And it's not a big deal, it's it's not super intrus- intrusive, but there's a couple of things, moments that he's there where it's just a close-up, and you sort of, like, just assume, oh, it's because they filmed the close-up separately, because he's there for some of the group stuff, don't get me wrong, there are definitely moments when everyone's there together, but there's some mm-hmm. little inserts elsewhere that you're like, ah, they, they just got this on its own, and just yeah. kind of used a body double-nil, it, and that's fine. Anyway, the point I was getting to, though, is that I don't think this is better than any of the prime examples of the movies that it's harking back to. You know, Commando mm-hmm. was better than this. Um, your your Rambo sequels... I'm, I'm saying Rambo sequels rather than First Blood because First Blood doesn't really belong in that lineage. It's not an action yeah. film. But the Rambo sequels, at least most of them... Um, like, all the movies that this is kind of harking back to, the, the fun Arnold movies, the fun Stolen mm-hmm. movies, the fun Van Damme movies, like, you know, uh, look at... I don't know, something like... Uh, What's that universal like? soldier sure sure uh, i was thinking more like uh the way i did with wesley snipes uh but we got yeah most of those movies i mean there's some that are definitely worse than this but most of those good ones that you remember fondly are better than this but i do think this is a, a better attempt at, uh hey let's have a nostalgia dumb fun action movie that kind of harkens back to those yeah i think this succeeds at that about as at least as well as this franchise has up until this point who knows maybe four is going to, you know set a new standard four
1: is just going to be a shot for shot remake of
0: commando but with all the normal <laughs> cast do you know what i think's interesting about it is that four is coming post nostalgia sequel boom and all mm-hmm. these movies, which are definitely dealing with nostalgia, were before the nostalgia formula had been kind of... So I'm I'm very curious yeah. as to how four is going to feel in a post-Force Awakens, post-Terminator Dark Fate, post-Jurassic World, post-Ghostbusters Afterlife World. I'm really curious.
1: Yeah. Well, it's especially strange because if you view it from the lens of these people all getting together is kind of their own little nostalgia thing. Yeah, because it's another decade. To, yeah. It's... Yeah, them trying to get back their glory days and whatnot. It's weird that we're getting a nostalgia sequel to essentially just an entire nostalgia franchise. Yep. So I don't know. It's gonna be a weird
0: one for sure. Uh, yeah, and the guys who were you know, the old stars and this were already pretty old at this point, and now mm-hmm. it's another decade. You know, and you know, sadly like Bruce Willis has had to retire from acting because he's got yep. you know, he's ill. Um yep. some of them just aren't Able to do it anymore. I mean, we talked about Dolph Lundgren last week. Been told he's got a few years left to live. So, mm-hmm. uh, and he's in the movie, so we were going to get to see him. But it's just it's interesting that because uh, they were kind of making jokes in this because there's like a young guy, Liam Hemsworth, is the other like new character who's on the yep. team, and they keep making comments about how he's young and he can run much faster than everyone else. And they do the full Captain America scene <laughs> of him just like
1: sprinting
0: faster than everybody else. And it's just kind of like, oh, you're pointing at how, and I was like, yeah, it's also pointing out the whole how Jason Statham is actually very much in the middle here, where he's not old at all, but he's also mm-hmm. not this young, baby-faced rookie either. He's very much still in his prime, as far as, right. you know, action movie lineage goes. Well,
1: I, I wouldn't say so much in his, and in terms of movies, yes, but in terms of the context of this movie, they kind of point out, like, no, nah, you're, you're just edging yourself out. You're just sure, past yeah. your prime. Yeah, they say that in
0: the movie, but I think in real life it's a bit more... Oh, yeah, no. Because you know, he's, you know, he's still it, doing we stuff have the man. Sylvester
1: Meg. Stallone in his 70s doing Expendables 4. You can be an action hero until you're dead in today's <laughs> Hollywood.
0: But that's the thing. What's Jason Statham now in, like, Ex- Expendables 4? Because he, he's still not as old as Stallone was in, this first, in the first couple. I, I bet right. he isn't.
1: Uh It doesn't have his birthday on the end. Nope, there It's 67 he was born, so... 33 plus 23... So, like, 56? Yeah, he's a little bit older than I thought he was, but that's still
0: younger than, I think, Stallone and, like, Arnold and that in this one. It's probably younger than they were in the first movie, honestly. Yeah, yeah, all to my point, yeah. Uh... Which is actually really funny that he's due to love interest is Megan Fox, who is, like, 34 yeah. or whatever.
1: <laughs> that's just okay. movies
0: for you, I suppose. But yeah, um, but in my head, I was thinking he was still, like, in his mid-40s. With, you know, mm-hmm. fair, to, fair to him. He looks good for his age, I guess. Well,
1: that's a, Jason Statham's one of those actors that he got his look maybe, like, 20 years ago and then just hasn't changed in that it,
0: entire time. It's the Patrick Stewart thing. Because he went bald relatively young... He yep. just looks the same for a long time, mm-hmm. um, which hey, maybe I'll have that. Maybe I'll look the same until I'm like, hitting 60, and then all of a sudden I'll just look like an old man. Yep, perfect. As long <laughs> as you
1: just lean into it. Uh, yeah. One thing worth noting is that Arnold Schwarzenegger, this is his first feature film where he's credited and all that post-Governator.
0: That sounds right. I remember because it, it was right after they, this he they did a movie called the last stand and that mm-hmm. was like his first like starring movie but this yep. was like yeah he got to come in and do more in this because of that yeah yep
1: and i think it was fine I, I think they had a box full of lines that they needed him to say over the course of this movie and he said every single <laughs> one of them He's a delight to see. Arnold is just oozing charisma. He's mm. always fun
0: to see. And even when he's delivering bad, cringy dialogue, he's so earnest about it that it still kind of works coming from him.
1: Yeah. You know, it's it's The only scenes that caused me to, like, physically cringe from line readings were the scenes with him, but I never cringed at him. Yes. It was everything else around him that was yeah. causing it. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, So... Uh, we also have
0: a, another new character. We've got a, a lady. Uh, mm-hmm. well, I'm just getting her name here. Uh, so mm-hmm. Maggie, played by Nan Yu, uh, who I guess they were trying to push as an action star. And this, I'd never heard of her, I don't think.
1: Um, it's it's the same as, uh, what was it, Toll Road from last movie, in that he's not... It didn't really seem like it was a big star. That being said, looking through the filmography here, I don't know how many of these are action movies, but she has a lot of Chinese... Ah, uh, okay. That makes sense, belt. though. I guess that makes sense. They're basically bringing in, like, a foreign action movie star, <laughs> effectively. Mm-hmm. To... Which also leads to the fact that Jet Li, while credited in this and starring in the first, like, 15 minutes, bows out. Yeah, yeah. Which so. is, a, is a bit weird. It feels like they got rid of the
0: Asian character before they got the other Asian character. Like, we're only allowed yeah. one at a time, so we have to swap them out. That's that's a yeah. little strange, but... Uh, that said, though, I, I'm not sure if that's the decision. Maybe it's just as simple as Jet Li had a limited schedule and it was like, okay, we'll, we'll
1: have him in the first little chunk and we'll give him a reason to leave and that'll be it. Yeah, I mean, trivia backs that up. It was apparently okay. he was filming something, but all of his scenes had to be filmed in Hong Kong to help with the fact that he was stuck in Hong Kong filming other things.
0: Really? Okay, that's interesting. Okay. Yep. So it makes sense he's in one location and then has a couple of scenes mm-hmm. in a plane and that's it. Yeah, okay. Yep that's that's interesting actually uh so yeah i mean that's the cast we'll get into obviously more specifics uh i will mm-hmm. say jean-claude van damme has a henchman played by scott atkins who is doing the most stereotypical like russian accent i have ever yeah. heard uh, uh it's so fun just pointing that out so yeah but yeah so i mean as far as anything else scott, i thought it was anything else you want to talk about before we get to spoilers
1: The only thing that I just clicked on Scott Atkins is Mm -hmm. that he was um, he was the big fat guy from John Wick Four. I think I knew that actually. Yeah, I remember his name. I did not. Now that I'm seeing that, that's that's blowing my mind that these two were the same character. That's incredible.
0: Well, let's say a character,
1: there's a different, different no, universe. Yeah, same, same actor. <laughs> no, after after this movie, he
0: became oh, a geez. Russian mob boss. I imagine the Expendables in the John Wick universe. You could do.
1: You could have a movie oh, where God. they're all hunting John Wick, and John Wick's just taking them all down. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. The problem being is it would definitively end the Expendables franchise because they would all be
0: dead. <laughs> oh dear. Anywho, yeah. So that's just the spoilers. We'll get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for Expendables two, the movie opens with which I get. The movie effectively opens with what I thought the first movie should have opened with, which is them having like a mission where you see them all in action and doing fun stuff. Yeah. uh That's effectively what it is. We see there's like a, a man who's who's in prison. He's, he's handcuffed. He's got a hood over his head. And I remember seeing this and going, okay, who's under the hood? Like that was, that was, I was like, oh, yeah. because there's so many big faces that are going to be in this.
1: I was like, okay, this has to be someone like that we, we're going it, to know it, it's the fact that there's two men handcuffed in this room one of them is unmasked and it's just nobody like he doesn't matter he's in the background but the fact there is one masked man you're like well clearly this has to be somebody big
0: yeah and it turns out to be arnold and it does like it's, it's a nice little feeling of relief when the, the hood comes off and it's arnold you're like ah okay they were comfortable, and it's like it's like a mission statement. It's like they're apologizing for he was only in one scene, in the last one, and he's, he's yeah. still a small role in this. Relative, but don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. they're saying, look, he's going to pop up. You know, we're setting him up here so he can
1: come back right. later on. They specifically point out the fact because he is in this universe, he's already built as this rival. Yes like extraction agent sort of thing he as he gets picked up by the expendables he's like i really hate the fact that i owe you one so as soon as he says that you're like okay he's gonna pay back his debt like that's gonna happen
0: yeah and also it's not as much in this one but just to keep the the homoeroticism going a little bit stallone does call him big boy as they're leaving the room (laughs) yep uh also first cringy line in the movie is arnold it's like i need a gun hear yeah, yours that'll do and he goes up to terry cruz and he's like hell no and he's like come on give me it it's like, all right fine but if i don't get this back your ass is terminated
1: and i'm like oh that heart that
0: heart to yeah. hear <laughs> oh! again it's just
1: one of those things where it's like they had a box full of lines oh. that they had to make references to and that was one of them oh, mind you the you you already hit on it of the back line and it's multiple variations It's at least three times, right? Yeah,
0: honestly, but when he pops back up later and says, I'm back, you know what? Arnold's signature phrase is, I'll be back. So him coming in, saving the day, and saying, I'm back, that is cheesy. Don't get me wrong, it's still cheesy. But Mm -hmm. that works for me and feels natural in a calling card way, whereas shoehorning the word terminated into a sentence towards him doesn't feel right it just feels
1: really really forced so are you telling me you didn't like the scene where he was like i'm not gonna stick around here with you toddlers i'm no kindergarten cop and left (laughs) i wish he
0: said that he didn't say that but i wish he said that yeah um so on the path to get to arnold though like they actually let jet lee be jet lee for a minute because that was one of the things in the first movies he never really got to show off the fact that he's jet lee here he ends up in a knife fight well the bad guys have knives he has frying pans but it's a fun scene you know it's this yeah. is it's creative in the way that a Jet Lee fight scene should feel like uh, meanwhile mm-hmm. stallone's uh setting off a motorbike up a ramp into a helicopter to take that down the first really really shaky cgi in this movie i, I agree i did I, I like the silliness of doing that though with the bike but yes mm-hmm. the the helicopter did look uh dodgy to yeah. say the least um but,
1: you know, so. so I guess one thing in this that I, I understand why they didn't do it, because it would take a lot more effort than it's really worth. But it doesn't this scene kind of rub you the same way as like the way that we talk about the Turtles films and stuff where you kind of want them to all be either hidden or like you don't know who they are, quote unquote, until a big reveal moment. Because for me, the fact that as they're driving over this hill, they just one by one say, here's our cast of characters before they actually do anything big kind of pulls that punch a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think the music and seeing the trucks come in is a fine moment. But yeah, the, mm-hmm. the way it just cuts to all of them in like, their, their, their seats as they're coming mm-hmm. towards them is a little bit strange like i feel like they could have made a bigger moment out of like someone looking through binoculars and seeing these trucks coming like in the distance and being like right there's someone coming uh you know kind of like you know how in like the second avengers movie at the start someone's like hold them off and like but they're the avengers you could have almost had like the equivalent of like okay we need to fight
1: these guys off and like but they're the expendables <laughs> you know, you could have, you could have done something yeah. Well, it's, it's just especially weird for me because they knew how much of an impact that kind of moment had because they did it with Arnold. Yeah, Like, they know... Yes put your character, don't let him be revealed until something happens, and then you get that extra little pop-off. And it, it
0: doesn't have to be as... Like, obviously, with Arnold, he's a genuine, big, nice surprise to see. Yeah. It doesn't have to be as much as that. But I get what you're saying, more of an introduction to when the You know, maybe have them all in silhouette or something, and then they walk out of the light. Yeah. Whatever it may be, yeah.
1: Even just, even just not zooming in on the trucks, you just have three trucks coming in. You don't know who's inside of them until something explodes, and then you get to see who they are. Yeah uh so yeah scene seems pretty
0: solid enough uh, the chase that comes after is not as good but it, it, it's it's fine for what it is they're chasing through the jungle eventually out of the yep. water uh, we're interested Liam Hemsworth character Billy who's a sniper
1: he's the young mm-hmm. recruit on the team and Which, can we just say his introduction scene because I thought this was silly but fun this was one of those moments where well they I've seen this in it. at least two other movies
0: so it's not yeah. it's not unique to this but yes this is oh, the no. Hemingway, Stallone and Jason Statham are held at gunpoint and they're surrounded by bad guys and Stallone puts out the finger gun mm-hmm. and then he sort of like motions to shoot a bunch of people and the exact same way he does it when he's actually got a pistol inside his of my there's a little spin move yeah. and Liam Hemsworth snipes everyone from a distance and then it cuts to him and that's where you see him for the first time mm-hmm. but that's
1: the... which. Correct me if I'm wrong. They never, like last film, none of the people were actually snipers. Everyone had their own thing, but they didn't have a sniper in the group. So, it kind of does feel like he's filling in a role in the group that seems like should have been there the whole time.
0: Yeah, it feels like they should have like an explosive expert, a hacker.
1: You You know, know. like there's a variety of roles. Obviously, you're not gonna have a hacker, but. everyone else, like, you know, you got Statham's the Blades expert, and Mm. I honestly think Terry Crews is the demo guy. I think that he's uh, explosive, so... Yeah.
0: He likes to ruin your hearing with his big, loud shotgun. Mm
1: -hmm. And then you have Toll Road, the, um... (laughs) The guy with the uh, ear. <laughs> yeah, the guy with the ear. Perfect. Uh, so,
0: in fact, at one point uh, later on when Dolph Lung was going to set off an explosion, he just says, cover your ear. And it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's far more subtle than all the other jokes, so I just kind of like it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's probably uh, the most subtle line they have in this movie. Yeah. So we have a whole thing where there are the planes in the water, and they're trying to take off in time to clear a thing. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like artillery.
1: There's, like, you, know, you see explosions in the water as they're driving through. So on, yeah, so it's important to notice that the actual goal here that they went in was there was a billionaire who was abducted. That was the second man
0: w- who was handcuffed with, uh, with uh, right. Arnold, yeah.
1: So at this point, Arnold has just pissed off. He's gone to find his own group of guys. He's not with them anymore. Well, yeah, I, but I, I got the, imp- the billionaire.
0: I got the impression that, because Arnold was here to save this guy as well, but Arnold, because he needed saved, I think he's given him up. He's like, okay, this is your bounty, effectively. Because,
1: yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I, I clearly failed. You saved my ass. Here you go. I, I think the line there was, "Well, it seems we have some scheduling issues." Yes, because yes. both of them were assigned to grab
0: this guy. Was it just me? I felt like Stallone was playing the character different in this movie. He felt like he was being less edgy.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's one scene much later on where he's introducing the gang to like a group of villagers, mm-hmm. where he seems to be actually trying to play just straight diplomat where, yeah, it does feel like he's significantly less edgy than he was in the last film, because Barney Ross from the last film was far more, like, push-your-buttons-get-a-reaction sort of guy.
0: I wonder if that, that's something that maybe came from him directing and starring himself, and mm. maybe it's a little bit different when you've got someone else directing and saying, hey, maybe this isn't the right tone for this scene, or maybe, you know, I, I wonder if it maybe comes from that.
1: Yeah, I mean it's possible when you're in front of the camera you imagine it coming across a certain way, but being able to see it happening while you're doing it would deliver off a different like ah oh, actually that's not the way we want to go with it.
0: I mean that's that said, he has directed some rocky movies and creed. You know, he's directed himself in other places, but maybe the the thing with that though is it was an established character that he'd already right. nailed.
1: He's already built in, he knows yeah. the
0: mindset to get into it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm just, just curious that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they make their daring escape. Jet Li takes the billionaire and parachutes out the plane. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a nice little touch here where he's very friendly in this movie with Dolph Lundgren for the few scenes that they've got together where they're kind of mm-hmm. they're patting each other on the back. You know, he still makes fun of them, but it's kind of in a jokey way where they're kind of happy, to, you know, fire shots oh, at yeah. each other. Uh, so they, they jettison out the plane uh, and we see the guys back at a bar. We see Charisma Carpenter for her one scene. <laughs>
1: Because we were trying to figure out how do we give her even less importance in the movie. She's just here to jiggle about a bit, sit in Jason
0: Statham's lap, and the only time she's ever mentioned other than this is repeatedly as
1: Stallone tries to tell Jason Statham that she's untrustworthy. (laughs) Which, okay, like... Unless something happened between movies, which I didn't get the impact that it did. It seems like it was directly referencing the last movie. Stallone's whole thing was that she cheated on him. We saw that plot. That's not even close to what happened. So I guess I'm confused as to why that's now her character is that she's just a slut, well, just to him, not not to us, but yeah, to to Stallone, yeah. yeah. And I, even then, she's kind of playing it up too, because as she's coming back from the bar, <laughs> she sees some guy and she's like, "Hey there, buddy," and then walks her way over.
0: It, it feels like my, my my generous interpretation of this is that because he only heard all of this from uh, Jason Statham's perspective, is that mm-hmm. he's made her sound much worse looks through his version of events i guess
1: I that's, that's I my that's generous sort of thing you, take <laughs> you clear up after the fact you say like oh by the way it was a misunderstanding turns out she thought i was dead okay. which is a totally reasonable reason to move on this is also the uh, scene that introduces
0: again pulling a little bit from real life that Dolph Lundgren's actually really smart. He yes. starts
1: writing down scientific formula and stuff. His entire backstory in this movie is just his real life, it's like <laughs> beat for beat. It's the same exact thing. And this is more of the you know he wants to be present from the last
0: one. They're just bringing in some of his real life. Um yeah. So yeah um so but, but anyway so so barney has a talk with liam hemsworth billy who's literally mm-hmm. credited as billy the kid on, on imdb yeah. and billy's like look i think i want to like you know come out of this life and you know stallone's very understanding he's like you know what if i was your age and you've got a girlfriend right he's like yeah she's french uh he's like all right i get it yeah so he's like i'm gonna finish out the month with you guys you know sort of give you my notice and then move on and he's very happy enough to accept that.
1: Two weeks from retirement.
0: Yeah, that honestly, watching it this time, and I'm sure I thought the first time as well, but I don't remember what I thought the first time. But this time, as soon as he's like, yeah, I think I'm done at the end of the month, I'm like,
1: you are so dead! <laughs> if he had, so had said that, if he had said that in the end of the second act... I could see him living. But it's yes. the fact that we are 20 minutes into this film and he's like, you know, I've got a girlfriend that I don't see as much. I'm like, you're never going to see her again, dude. <laughs> no. no, it's not happening. Uh, it literally, like,
0: this is what I'm saying when it's harkening back to all the tropes of these action movies, they're literally given as a two days till retirement plot line of a character who's going to die and they almost do an ironic flip on it because as the character's the young guy he's like the he's not a rookie in skills wise obviously they establish obviously as the movie goes on that he's got a lot of experience for the military but you know he's the rookie on the team he's the young guy so it's almost like a like ah you think he's safe because he's the young one nope (laughs) the old veterans are all gonna live and he's going to snuff it
1: I love, I love, I'm just reading through his little character bio here on Wikipedia, and it says, Stallone described the character as the next generation of the Expendables. Whoops. <laughs> the next generation of the Expendables? Sake! There will be no
0: next generation. We are the only generation. As soon as we die, the Expendables dies with us. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, so, Stallone rides off all moody on his motorbike back to the plane at the hangar, and would you believe it, Bruce Willis is waiting for him, and he comes out, and he's pissed because they didn't do the job properly in the last movie. Which, I'm going to be honest here, when he said, you stole $5 million from me, I had to stop and think, I was like, wait, hon. Did they, like, technically, like... Uh, and I, I think, don't remember that at all. Like so yeah in the first movie he gave the job they gave gave stallone and crew the job to go to this mm-hmm. island and liberate it from the villains right that was the thing yeah. which and he said they did He,
1: well yes but technically they did accomplish that yeah yeah i'm not sure <laughs> what's he talking about I'm, that's the thing is I was really trying to pay attention to this conversation because I could tell that this was the moment that like everything was going to get started. He was yes. going to get to the next job and he was going to lay it all out. So I was really trying to pay attention. But I did get tripped up on this moment because they said you stole five million dollars. But again, it seems as though this was a successful operation the last movie. So at the moment, I kind of chalked it up as. It was an in-between job it was something that we didn't see no but... no because
0: in the last movie it was specifically five million dollars half up front kind of thing mm-hmm. but for some reason like bruce willis thinks that they they didn't do what they were supposed to do um he, he also seems offended that they killed a former cia agent despite the fact that this guy went rogue and was working with the drug cartel and stuff. i was gonna say that doesn't seem like it's
1: a big deal in the long scheme of I'm, things i'm sorry bruce did you have coffee with him some mornings and you're upset <laughs> that he's he was the godfather to my children how dare you kill him
0: <laughs> it was It's also kind of weird just hearing the first movie referenced like this because it feels so inconsequential really like what the mm-hmm. first movie was to because one of the things i also like, applaud here you know again for, for as thin as the plot is I do think the pacing of this movie is way better than the first one. Like, you know, it's like, here's our introduction with our big set piece, entries all the characters, you know, teases a big star for later. Okay, mm-hmm. we calm down, get a bit of downtime, but they feel like a team because they're all bonding over drinks. And then here's the, the guy who's going to give them the mission, and we're going to have a bit of a ramp up as we get to, like, what that might be really be about. And then we introduce the main villain and how intimidating and how, why he's a threat. And then, it's a, right. and then it's just a trip to get revenge after that point. So... I
1: I agree that the pacing is better than the last movie by far. I do think that it does have some issues around the second act. Like, before we get into the big third act set piece, I think it slows down just a bit too much because it was okay. really starting to lose my attention once they introduced. Because, I, okay, I guess my main thing that I want to get out here is that they do too much to make this villain Unlikable, And I don't mean that in terms of like, oh, you know, I don't, I generally don't like this guy. No, it is impossible to find any redeeming qualities in this villain because they have gone through systematically and given you like, he may as well be Satan. He may as well be just. He references Satan at one point. Exactly, and that's one of those things where I'm like, no, you're is you keep pushing this villain into cartoonishly bad territories. And on one hand, I like it because it's cartoonishly bad. I kind of like it. Uh. But, But at a certain point, they keep on doing these like realistic people reacting to him just skipping way ahead for a second there's a village that he's essentially enslaved to go down into these mines and like get the uh the macguffin more or less for him it's the the way these people are saying it they're saying it like oh this man he came in with his army and he's done such horrible things but like if you zoom out and view the rest of it he's like mega hitler like he's the worst possible person to ever exist and i think that by the time it hits that point i'm viewing him less as oh here's a guy that can actually be punched and kicked into submission and more so just a force of nature that when we do get <laughs> to that final fight scene it can't possibly
0: live up to it i don't know That felt like typical bad guy action movie stuff to me i guess
1: uh, I, I don't know i, I it, it felt, it felt it might right. be a it might be a thing that, like I said, I never grew up with, like, yeah. those 80s action films. Maybe I'm just not attuned to it properly. Don't get me wrong, he, just... is, he is
0: comically evil. I, I'm not mm-hmm. disputing that, but that just feels normal to me in this type All of right. movie. Fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, they're given this job, which is to go to this plane that's crashed and get something out of a safe. They're not told what it is, but we find out it later it's basically like a little mini-computer that has
1: And specifically, Church says, hey, you have to take this woman with you. You yeah. have to take Maggie.
0: Yeah, that's safe. Like, changes its code every, like, two minutes. And you have to have someone who can hack it in two minutes. So here's your hacker. And mm-hmm. Stallone gets all sexist. And is like, I ain't taking a woman into the battlefield, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's like, she's military ready, okay? She, she could take care of herself. She's going. Yeah. Uh, so we get a scene where they, he meets her. And then we, we don't even get a scene where he tells the rest of the team that they have to go on this mission till he sort of, you know, square things off with Church because somehow they took his money last movie and didn't deliver on the job. And I don't—I can't fathom how that is true, but okay. Nah, yeah. um So, yeah, they go find the plane. This is where we get some of the, like, you know, Liam Hemsworth can run fast. In fact, Stallone makes a DC Comics reference oh oh that's right he does yeah because statham's saying oh i could beat him in a race if i tried he's like oh and you
1: go flash i was like oh yeah. the stallone you nerd i love it which i also love there's a little ongoing joke that they drop i think after this scene but they keep on having uh lacy the girlfriend of jason statham calling him up as he's on the mission and he keeps on answering the call which actually now you mentioned that they
0: kind of set this up in the first movie when he got that text right at the start yeah that's true and they never did anything with it and it's almost like they were writing the script for the second one and went wait a minute we forgot to
1: do it <laughs> wait crap jesus <laughs> P- quick pick up that thread
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little running gag in, in this mm-hmm. um so so it sets all this stuff up do, do they have him go you know up to a point to like snipe from a distance and keep guard And they go to this plane, and we get like a little, you know, scene where they try and make it tense. There's this like metal snapping door that shuts. So so you've got Terry Crews and Stallone holding it open with their bare hands, and they're really struggling to hold it open. The safe's going to destruct uh, if she can't get this hacked within the two minutes, or whatever it is. And she's, (laughs) you know, so it's it's that countdown moment, but she gets it just in time, uh, and, and whatever. But it's yeah. when they come out where the real meat of the movie starts, because they end up getting it in the mist, and there's like obviously a group of guys, and like Van Damme's like there with his hands up, and it's very intimidating, they've got Billy, you know, with his hands tied, he's been beaten up, mm-hmm. and you know, this is where we get our introduction, it's this whole standoff where he wants the device from the safe, and Stallone is willing to give it to him, because he doesn't want Billy to die, um... Yeah. And, I mean, you say that
1: it takes two full minutes to get to that point yeah, of him so, saying, "Like, we're not going to give it up. We're not giving up our guns." And he's and like, "I'm t- going to
0: kill the kid." And to be fair, Billy keeps yelling, "Don't do it! Don't give up your gun!" So oh, you yeah, know, it's not, you know, it's not about me. He, he, that's all he's saying.
1: I, I love that scene specifically for the fact that he keeps on telling them to let him die and they keep on giving it up. And every time there's like one point after they say, like, yeah, no, we'll hand over the case that he literally just is like, "Ugh," like he is upset with the fact of like, just let me die, guys, for <laughs> God's sakes. We all know we're getting there. Just do it already. I think the scene works
0: well enough though like the the actual tension ramp up's pretty solid um Mm -hmm. they do a thing here where jason statham's the one to go and hand off the device because they want to set up that he's got a rival so he can have a big fight in the third act but that's all this is for it's just so that he's got like a one-on-one nemesis for later Mm -hmm. on in the movie so the henchman uh, the atkins character he he goes over to him to hand him the device but statham intentionally drops it on the the ground and kicks it to him and tells him to pick it up but then Atkins is like no no you pick that up you pick that up and hand it to me and it's a whole tense moment and stallone says do it christmas <laughs> he's like all right then so he does it but it's a whole mm. thing where they, they set up this tense moment just so that they have a one-on-one fight later in the movie yeah. uh and jesus was playing out so this, this was not a first time viewing thing this was a second time viewing where i'm like i'm because i knew i knew it was building up to van damme killing the kid but i'm like mm. i feel like it involves a kick does, it's a kick of course it does he does a kick thing of course he doesn't, it he doesn't does. just stab him or shoot him he does a kick thing and sure enough he has adkins hold the knife in front of billy's chest and then he spin kicks the knife into his chest it's <laughs> this is the <laughs> moment where i'm like yes expendables you've become the movie i want this is the yep. shit
1: i want <laughs> I'll, I'll fully agree on that the moment because even without having watched a even mild collection of van damme movies Yes. I knew about the spin kick. Like, I know mm. that's his thing. So the moment that he go, he takes the extra effort to spin kick this knife into this kid's chest. Just chef's kiss. Good job. You did it.
0: Yeah, and obviously, there are different, uh, well, as far as we know, we don't really know where Tommy Wise was from. But there was one line of dialogue where he sounded a lot like Tommy Wiseau, and I'm like, okay, I could, there's a little bit of a, obviously Van Damme's a much more charismatic and charming presence oh, yeah. as an actor
1: mm-hmm. but there was just one line that sounded a little Tommy Wiseau and I went oh oh <laughs> every once in a while the emphasis is wrong but it's it's interesting to say at yeah. least though I, I do want to point out we don't learn his name in this scene we learn it a few scenes later but <laughs> can I just can I just in talking about how this man is the most cartoonish well, well, ha- villain his of name, all time his name
0: is obviously uh good m- good Son, right no no, no. uh yeah. hero, hero man no yeah uh yeah. good no <laughs> nah, his
1: name is literally villain <laughs> no, no it's villain it's villain yeah vilain, <laughs> which is totally different i i was looking through the imdb cast list as this movie started and i see jean-claude van damme villain and i'm like well that's weird is he just not named in the movie and then they reveal, no, no, his name is Jean Valjean, And I'm like, oh, that's better. Thanks, movie. 10 out of 10. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree. It's fine. <laughs> but it's, it's so cartoonish. Like, that seems like a first draft thing you put in as a joke, and it just somehow <laughs> stuck the whole way through. They didn't have a second draft of this. Are you kidding me? They had to have a second draft, because once they learned they had a... Uh... Arnold Schwarzenegger being able to stick around they had to jam in all those lines okay but they they, they drafted some scenes again they they didn't do the whole thing again that's fair that's
0: fair come on Uh, so yeah so so Billy's dead they give him like a little funeral they read a note he had on him uh, which Mm -hmm. was a note to his girlfriend in case he you know didn't live or whatever and they're all very sad and I always remembered this uh, from from watching the movie the first time is when Jason states at the end of the funeral scene turns and says okay what's the plan and the camera tracks in the and he's like find him track him kill him and it just <laughs> cu- <laughs> yeah cuts to like the plane or whatever and i'm like yeah all right yeah. let's do it so it's basically just them tracking him down and so the, the thing had coordinates uh, the mcguffin had coordinates for this mm. mine that was abandoned by the soviets at the end of the cold war um, i never quite caught what country it was eastern europe somewhere but i never quite caught what country we were in for all this stuff
1: um, at some point, they make their way into Bulgaria, so I'm assuming that it was just all Bulgaria.
0: Okay, okay. All right, that's fair
1: enough. Okay.
0: Um, so there's a mine, and yes, he's basically forced all of this local village, all the men in this local village have been drafted in to work in this mines like the prisoners, uh, mm-hmm. and Scott Adkins is comically villainous because one guy is, like, sort of, like like he sort of like stumbles to the ground and the other guy's like oh he's, he's like really tired uh just pulls out his gun and kills him on the spot and yells is anybody as tired and like you know so very yeah. villainous um and th- this by the way this main like it's got like a cable car that's operating and i'm like did they put this in here because it looks new and it's working. Is this
1: something from this? It doesn't feel like something I, from what like the 80s. I, I don't know. My main problem with this is the fact that they they explicitly say like the mine itself. Who cares? It's not about the mine. Oh yeah. It's, it's about is, there's so, a there's a hidden compartment in the back of this mine that has five tons of plutonium. <laughs> and yeah, they nah, even David, nah, nah, David, yeah, yeah. we just discussed Oppenheimer we know all about the plutonium absolutely not a problem the uranium jar was this big the plutonium (laughs) jar was this big and this is enough tons of it this is enough for a lot of jars of plutonium yes absolutely I, I do love the one point. There's a single line he says in here where he's talking about like, ah, oh, yes, six pounds was enough to change the world. Imagine what we could do with five tons of it. And I'm like, that just seems like overkill. Yeah, he That's just
0: kind of laughs and goes, it's fascinating, isn't it? And it just cuts yeah. down all and I'm like, man, he's such
1: a villain. <laughs> it's like, I understand that like from his perspective, he sells it, he gets his money, he doesn't care. But like this will end the world yeah
0: like, there's an interesting point here to bring up is that you say he sells it and he makes his money like i don't know if the movie established that that's what he was going to do with it i don't know if the movie true. established if he was actually some sort of like super terrorist who wanted it for himself or if it was for a particular nation that he works for is he just a mercenary for hire who's finding it for a, a boss like the movie never actually gives us what the greater goal is. It's just, no, they've
1: got plutonium, and that's obviously bad, so... Yeah, it's just anybody owning plutonium is a bad time. So, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Oh, dear. So,
0: um... So our team gets sort of, like, within a, you know, whatever distance, and they end up in this, like, old abandoned town um, where mm-hmm. they sort of hole up for the night. Uh, they send Jason Statham away to, like, go work on the plane you know, elsewhere, but the rest mm-hmm. of the team go into this old diner in this town that looks right out of the 80s because it was a a town from the cold war period Uh, so it's all run down it's all dirty there's a big old school pepsi cola sign and stuff but they go into this 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 diner and they spend the night there and we have our heart to hearts here uh you know stallone and uh maggie specifically have like a moment where he kind of talks about not letting people in because he's scared of losing people
1: can we can we real quick dip back to the plane scene where Dolph Lundgren first sees Maggie? Oh, oh well, yes. That this, this romance subplot
0: is something yes. we do have to discuss. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. It is the the emotional core of the movie. <laughs> do, do you know what? For all the things we're about to say about it, I want to say that I do appreciate that it's all. Even when he says something stupid and it's a dumb joke they all laugh afterwards, like even he's in on the joke, done that, like it, it's all yeah. well-natured, it's all good-spirited, but... Right yeah they're on the plane and he's looking over at her and he's just like he just wants to try and get her attention to the point where i started laughing because he was making so much noise he sounded like he was dying
1: (laughs) he's like my original idea if i didn't have the opening line that i picked (laughs) was during your entire intro i was just going to be clearing my throat
0: (laughs) and of course i do think it's, it's it's fascinating that Stallone and Lundgren are the old guard on the team because you know, like the other guys are middle aged. Or Statham's a bit younger than that at this point. Well, he's probably in his forties by now. But um, and Liam is the young guy, right? Liam, uh, Mm -hmm. Liam Neeson, Liam Hemsworth is the young guy. And I do think it's fascinating that the one who's got the crush on her is one of the old guys, and then the guy that she actually might have a crush on is the other really old guy. <laughs> like, yeah. No, no one who's
1: remotely age-appropriate. <laughs> it's actually weird. If you really follow Maggie, she, I wouldn't say crush-wise, but she manages to buddy up with, like, pretty much everybody there. She yeah. She gets into good cahoots with them, except for Dolph Lundgren. He's the only one who's kind of just left off of that whole thing. Well,
0: you say that, but I think, like, in the third act like you see them as a pair like back to back a lot and I think the reason why the movie does that is because it's intentionally paired them together in the audience's mind because there's this running joke of him you know trying right. to flirt so it's like no but they're still side by side in arms at the end they're still looking out for you, you know there's still a, you know, so there's still kind of a through line even if there's not like an actual oh we're good
1: friends now kind of moment you know right no, I understand it from, like, the movie perspective, but I'm just looking at it through Lundgren's character's perspective of oh, sure everyone else she's friendly to, except for me. Meanwhile, he is simping hard. Oh, he's simping. So,
0: yeah, he's trying to clear his throat, and when she eventually looks over, he just kind of... And there's a, there's a moment in the middle of all this where he just looks over at Terry Crews and goes, he's into me. Which <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I love But He's clearing his throat this whole time, and then she finally looks up and looks over, and he's just... <laughs>
0: um <laughs> it took him took him 5 minutes to get her attention and he didn't have something prepared for her which
1: honestly seems pretty realistic. I'm I I think oh, that's yeah, yeah. a good character beat that he's just bad with women which which does lead to the payoff
0: I suppose to this mm-hmm. which is when they're in the diner and they're having dinner so it's before the heart to heart uh, with Stallone and uh, Maggie where They've all got their own dinner, right? So Terry Crew is apparently the had vital little character trait to him that he's really into food. So he's got like a little like a little uh,
1: it's a little cauldron almost that he's got that he's cooking in. If Honestly, this was a part where he started slowly morphing into my mind from Terry from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. It
0: was, this is something that that character would do. So he he's like cooking away. Um, you know, I think Couture's just eating a bar or something. Like, or no, he's eating a packet and he's saying it's shit. That's what he's doing. Yeah. And eventually terry cruz apparently being into food the way he is says hey if you guys knew we were going to die tomorrow what would you have and you they, they give their answers you know stallone's a man after my own heart he says you know donuts and all the things that kill you i'm like yeah obviously yeah yeah um but Dolph lundgren gives like a genuine answer which might even be a real answer because he's from sweden he's like oh i would have this baby seal which sounds yeah baby seal and whale fat <laughs> and he's talking about it but then he looks over and this is a this is also a reference because when she answered she talked about duck or something and then she looked over and said but i also like italian looking at stallone and it was almost like are you making a move at the 70 year old come on now <laughs> I, I love Terry Crews' follow-up is you know i'm thinking italian might be a bit overrated <laughs> um and then it go- after Lundgren gives his first genuine answer he goes but i could also kill for some chinese and looks right over at maggie and then terry Crews just just all right stallone who says that i think you're going to starve to death yeah and they all laugh including lundgren so yeah, it's like a nice it's a nice moment it's you know mm-hmm. um which actually their their uh, nationalities come back up in a weird way actually so in a later scene when they run into all the the waves of all the men who have been taken to the mines
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and what you know? one of them says, oh, we're American, and what someone else, like Statham, goes like, eh, excuse me? <laughs> no, I am not. Speak for yourself. And then, you know, Lundgren says Sweden, and I think Terry Cruz, Kr- what is he, he says, like, Blackford or something like that? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very specific, and I'm like, mm-hmm. it's weird that you're protesting being called American, because you definitely, you definitely are. But... He's President gaspacho, he's the best, he's mm. the most American there is. Yeah. But anyway, next one i actually really like this scene that this moment that starts off the next bit where terry mm-hmm. cruz is just having his coffee and he just oh, yeah. walks out the door and just sees like an army of men coming down the street um i mean and how they know that they're there i don't know i don't care yes yeah but villains just have eyes everywhere he just kind of turns back in and goes hey, guys get down <laughs> and so yeah it's a siege there's a tank everyone's you know they're all getting shot at there's you know Mm -hmm. artillery coming their way they're all ducking and diving and this
1: is the moment this is this is the moment (laughs) of the goddamn movie everyone's (laughs) run out of bullets they're facing down impossible odds there's no way they could possibly survive
0: and then all of a sudden a rain of machine gun fire takes out every single bad guy this entire army this machine gun fire takes them all out and then a missile like a rocket launcher or some of like that hits the tank and disables yeah. the tank and they all come out from cover our main characters and they're looking around it's like god that wasn't me was it you no i was like whoever did this they are they're really good like, they say they, they they say they like multiple times to make yeah. it imply this had to be a team this had to be like There's
1: multiple people here and, There's and, no know,
0: way. and to be fair you, you could maybe surmise it oh maybe this is who arnold maybe this is arnold and his team and we'll get a bunch of cameos with arnold you know and this yeah. is like you know that that would have made sense mm-hmm. but i remember watching this in theaters and going oh god <laughs> i i get what this is building to now i get it i get it yeah and sure enough they turn around And with the music that's almost out of Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, walks... It's it's practically one for one. ...walks down the street is Chuck Norris. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Now, I really... Like, it's such the perfect motif, because it gives you that Western vibe. That wow, wow, wow. And it's just... I, it's such like, and you know, this is this this is the part that jogged my memory. As soon as the scene came up, I was like, "Oh, I've seen this movie before," ah, yes. because I I remember once the scene happened, I definitely tuned in because I had to see <laughs> what was about to happen here. Yes, and th- this was it wasn't quite at the height of the Chuck Norris fact era, but it was pretty it was, close it, to it. You know, it was a little after. I mean, tw- I would say that the high height of it was probably like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, yeah, sort of stuff. But it was. Cl- close enough
0: that when you heard Chuck Norris was actually going to... Because this is the biggest movie Chuck Norris has ever been in. As daft okay. as that sounds, as much as he became this meme online, like his movies were definitely the C tier of like the action movies in the 80s and 90s, right? So, mm-hmm. this is by far the biggest, most mainstream movie he's ever been in. But, of course, he's a, he's a known person to a certain group of nerds on the internet because of these Chuck Norris facts. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they can't resist straight up putting one in. But yep. no, like. I heard you died. I heard you got bit by a snake. It's like, yeah, I did. And after five long days of agonizing pain. And I think I remember in the theaters wanting to yell out the snake dies!" Like, I, I never, I didn't. Oh, yeah. But I wanted to, because I knew that's where it was going. And do you ever get the feeling you're in, like, a theater of, like, a reasonably full room, and mm-hmm. you're like, I'm the only nerd in here who, who's getting yeah. this. Like, I'm mm-hmm. the only one who knows what this is doing. Not yeah. because people are idiots, just because they just they don't know about it. They they don't pay
1: attention to it. I mean, going back to the Oppenheimer thing, that was the sort of thing where... I I was mildly familiar with some of the other scientists there, so like when I mm. spotted someone I knew, I was like, oh, hey, it's that guy! And yet, meanwhile, nobody else was caring. I was like, all right. I'll just <laughs> take, keep that one to myself. Oh, dear. Uh, so
0: it's a big moment, and he's like, I'm a lone wolf, but, you know, you need help, so I stepped in. So he says, thank you and goes on his way obviously he does pop back up in the third act it'd have been yep. a shame if he didn't but of yep.
1: course it does I do love the little trivia here is that Stallone basically reached out to him and after it was confirmed he was in the movie said look we're gonna put in one of your Trust- Chuck Norris facts you get to pick which one ah that's nice so he, him and his wife sat down and they basically combed the internet <laughs> and looked for their
0: favourite <laughs> one
1: Oh, that's good ah uh, do you have a favourite ah <sighs> I mean, the Cobra one sticks out, but it's I would not, say that yeah. I, I've got a few that come to mind,
0: but the, the Cobra, the cobra been one's alright. It's so but...
1: long, though. That's the issue. Oh no, I, the... I
0: remember. Okay, Chuck Norris can slam a revolving door. Chuck mm. Norris secretly has sex with everyone on the planet once a month. That's why they have periods. <laughs> all right <laughs> because they bleed because he's, he's so intense yeah, no i got you i got yeah. you. uh chuck norris once got an erection lying face down and struck oil chuck norris <laughs> once had sex in a truck that truck we now know that truck is optimus prime wow <laughs> chuck norris jumped in a pool the water didn't get uh sorry he didn't get wet the water got chuck norris <laughs>
1: i like it don't get me wrong i remember going through these i remember this being a major part of mean culture yeah
0: there's tons more but these are the ones that for whatever reason have uh oh and actually do you know what my favorite one is Mm. they once named the street after chuck norris but they had to change it after a series of deaths because you see no one crosses chuck norris and lives
1: wow that is a good one. That's my favorite. I think that's my favorite. Yeah, that's fair. I, I you know, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll pull one open and look at it when I'm not listening to you here. <laughs> See if I can find one for the end.
0: Anyway, so they go on to this village uh, and this is all the waves and they're basically hiding all their sons because they, they, you know, they, they, they sort of like lured guys in by promising good pay at first, and then they just took the next batch, they just kidnapped the third batch, and all that's left, like, men-wise, are the children, basically, as
1: teenagers mm-hmm. and, like, you know, young boys. Which, earlier on, we did have lane say, the men are slowing down, go get the women and children. Yeah, like, so we're don't going to all, use everybody.
0: Yeah. yeah. So the were here just in time. What I thought was weird about this, so there's a bit of a standoff where the women aren't hitting think, because they're not trained to, you know, use their guns. Mm. and when they have like their actual conversation about what's going on Stallone weirdly kind of says like we've got our own business with a bad guy and all i could think was like but you going and killing the bad guy will also solve their problem so why don't you just tell them that you're like (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. just just tell them that you're about to go solve it. Like uh, I don't see why you're sort of giving them this bad news. And it's especially weird because as soon as they walk outside, Statham's like, Are we really not going to help them." And then immediately, stolen goes, "You know what? I've got a plan." And then we see the scene where this group of bad guys comes to the village, and the Expendables just kill them all. There's more to it than that, but that, that like it happens instantly. So yeah. So why did we have the scene where stolen says, "No, sorry, we're too busy"?
1: <laughs> I think it's solely for the purpose of so that because when you say that they help and kill all the bad guys they do a little thing where it's it looks like nobody's around to save them and yeah, the bad yeah. guys just go in so i feel like it's only for that cheap little pop-off of because i mean i'll, I'll give full credit here i love jason statham's line in this oh yeah scene. that was in the trailer tim wearing that
0: that like sort of priest cloak and saying i now pronounce, pronounce you man and knife that yeah. was like the big thing at the start of the trailer uh, for this i remember it playing back in the day
1: yeah i I mean i i enjoyed it i think it was a good intro to the fight scene but in terms of the larger structure yeah it doesn't really make much sense as to why they didn't just say hey look we're gonna go kill these guys so you're not like even if they come to pick you up we're still going like you're not gonna get there we're going to take them out before you get there so no worries
0: so sure enough they go after the bad guys Uh, but would you believe it they've just got all the plutonium they've got it on trucks they're getting ready to leave uh because of their, like, anti-tank like like tank guns and stuff that they've got at the front of the, the, the one bridge that leads into this mine, mm-hmm. uh, Stallone's plan is to fly their plane into the tunnel, completely cutting off the wings, as he does. Uh, yeah. And that's how they're going to get in, and we get a bit of an action scene. Uh, there's not much to it, though. The bad guys get away with the plutonium, and they've set charges, and it actually caves them in. So Stallone, like, the Expendables, and all of these men that were held there captive... Are all trapped behind the rubble and they can't get out. And we, so we get like a downbeat moment where, and I actually do like this. I, I think the pacing, if there's going to be a critique of it, is probably the scene with the women where they, like, we have this extra action scene where yeah. we could have just came straight here. But I do think this downbeat moment where we get a little bit of comedy of like Dolph Lundgren trying to make an explosive.
1: Uh, well, I thought see, that was alright. This is where I think it could have been. like I said this was the problem I had with the pacing right around this section. And I think that the problem I had with this scene, especially following up the last one, is that this scene, the only thing that everyone's trapped in this mind. And you say it's a downbeat moment, and it is in the fact of they're unable to make forward progress at this moment, but they don't do anything with it there's no moment of introspection here there's no moment where they take this breather and allow character development to happen the only thing they do is this jokey moment where he goes around trying to make a bomb to get them out what i think would have been a better moment here is if you cut the whole village scene you could then use these miners as an emotional like crux of them saying like oh you know i've got my wife and children at home or here's the reason mm. i was like i volunteered to do this in the first place and it's just kind of adding a voice to these nameless figures that are in this mind i think it could have really added a more of an emotional point where the expendables yes they're doing this for revenge uh, to, against what happened to billy but I think they could use this to get it into a larger point overall. And I they kind of did that with the village scene as well. But you still aren't specifically showing the people that are being rescued. You're showing the people that are impacted otherwise, you know?
0: Yeah. I think. I mean, I think it's a minor pacing blip, if it is one. Yeah. It's not, because it's not, it doesn't last that long, ultimately. You know, right after the failed explosive, the, the, the big digger thing comes through and Arnold
1: pops his head out and says, I'm back. Uh, right, but you know, huge pop. Apparently, the musical choice right after he says "I'm back" is the first four notes of the Terminator. I know it's that, yeah. Is it? well, it's basically yeah. just a drum beat.
0: It's just da 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 but legally not enough of it to be a problem
1: copyright <laughs> I- I feel like, with how many lines they are pulling, they did, they had to run a bunch of things by legal. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Maybe they did some alternate takes, just in case they had to
0: change some. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, Bruce Willis shows up. Right? So, they're, they're leaving. All of the wives and husbands are being reunited, so it's a happy mm-hmm. moment for all those characters. And Bruce Willis shows up. And I, I will admit, like, I don't really know why Bruce Willis is getting involved here, really, other than that he wants the plutonium, I guess. Um, but he's like... Yeah,
1: Valens out there. Let's go kick his ass. And so like... there was an there was an earlier scene after Billy died where Church calls in and he's like, "Hey, did you get my stuff?" And he, he right, said, "No." Right, yeah and church just starts ripping into him saying how oh you've ruined this blah 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 and they explain that billy died and it's actually a sad scene he's like oh i'm sorry i didn't know and stallone calls him out on how he sends other people in to do his dirty work and he would never Uh, get his hands dirty himself i feel like that was the payoff to that
0: you're right i'll be honest i think i wasn't paying attention for the second half of that phone call scene (laughs) that's (laughs) fine That was fair enough
1: it was an unnecessary scene, all things considered.
0: No, nah, it's fair. Nah, so fair enough. I missed the setup for why you'd be motivated. That's that's completely mm-hmm. fair. Um, so yeah, so they're all going because the villains are going to go to their hangar, which is next to an actual airport. So we get a lot of stuff in an actual airport. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, we I mean, get. mean, the
1: entire rest of the movie is in this airport.
0: This yeah. is the exact start of the third act. But we get this shot of the big trio, which is Arnold, Bruce Willis, and Stallone all in a line firing their big guns together. Um, And then when someone goes to hit Stallone at one point, a bullet takes the guy out. He turns around, and it's Chuck Norris, and the little music
1: sting plays. All right, I I got one. Out of a list of 101 of these, I picked my favorite. And I actually have have two of them. I do like the Revolving Doors one a lot, but since you already said that... Yes. um, My top three here number three chuck norris counted to infinity twice <laughs> that's good <laughs> uh the dark is afraid of chuck norris and chuck norris can speak braille oh yeah. that's i don't all know right. I, also honorable mention chuck norris can kill two stones with one bird i like the infinity one especially
0: i think if you emphasize the pause before you say twice oh yeah they even got the dot 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 here Counted yeah. to infinity Twice, yeah, yeah. If you emphasise that pause. I think that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and Chetner has his own little bits here. He, he shoots a guy who lands on like, the X-ray machine at the airport. So, that, oh, that was that was the best kill in the whole movie. That was good. That was good. Um, you also have Arnold and Bruce Willis having a lot of jokey back and forth, um, where they're firing their guns off and whatnot. And you, Arnold turns and says, "I'll be back." Says he's lying. And then Bruce Willis goes, "Now you've been back enough. I'll be back." And he runs off. And I actually think if you stopped it there, I think that's a cute scene. I yep. I, I think that's perfectly great because like he he has already sort of left and came back in this movie. So they, and it's also kind of meta because it's you know so it works. And then immediately mm-hmm. Arnold goes, "Yippee ki yay!" <laughs> like
1: what? That and then you're is- sitting there, you're <laughs> sitting there with your head in your hands, like, "Oh lord, they just did that!" And before you even have time to recover. Uh, Chuck Norris walks up next to Arnold Schwarzenegger, starts shooting with him, and then as he looks over, he says, what's next, Rambo? Oh, yeah, I hate that line.
0: I hate that line because you can't reference one of the movies that these actors is famous for in it. You can't do yep. that yeah does rambo exist in this universe like do they not think
1: it's weird that barney looks a lot like rambo <laughs> see that's one of those weird things though where if you make it's the it's the same elsewhere problem where if you dive deep enough you're going to have to basically ignore that all media exists in a world in order to not make these sort of references yeah but this is a direct thing this is very oh yeah close yeah um, absolutely
0: so it's the same with um there's a line early on in Tango and cash which i'm sure we'll have a reason to do at some point uh with stallone and kurt russell where stallone comes out shoots a guy and someone says oh he thinks he's rambo and stallone turns around and goes rambo's a pussy and like i hate like i hate that line in that movie too like yeah. like
1: it's, it's too it's too cute it's just you're trying too hard i, I like the idea that Every single universe has Sylvester Stallone actually in it as a person who stars in movies, <laughs> but then also has a doppelganger of whoever the main character is in that movie.
0: Maybe a cuter thing would have been Arnold referenced like something from before their era. Like, you know, like who's gonna show up next John Wayne? Like someone who can't show up, but like would
1: make sense yeah. that these old guys would like you know, know from movies. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, we will get to uh, reference at the very end of this movie that is the weirdest possible cross franchise reference I've ever seen. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe it'll, they'll come to me when we're talking about it. Yeah, let's start clicking right now.
0: So, yeah, a lot of action. There, there's literally just moments to moments of like the good guys just mowing bad guys down with their guns. Mm-hmm. It just happens for a
1: bit. Uh, but it's I, what you expect. I'll... Yeah, I'll put out trivia, at least, as a final body count, 482 people in this movie. (laughs) And I think at least half of them are in this scene.
0: Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, Because, I mean, yeah, when when Bruce Willis comes back, he's got the little car, and Arnold gets in, and they're both just, like, shooting their machine guns outside the the, the broken-off doors of this little car. I was
1: going to say, Arnold gets in the car, undersells that. He (laughs) He rips rips the door door off. And then Bruce Willis feels emasculated,
0: so he kicks off the
1: other door, so he's not left out. (laughs) Which, it's weird, because you would think that this would be a kind of, like... You know a promotional thing for the car, I'm assuming that they paid to be in this mm. movie, so it's weird the fact they'd be like, Yeah, no, you could just rip our doors off, that's just a feature we have. Honestly, I think that's what it worked way
0: better if Bruce Willis tried to kick the door off and couldn't. And it's just selling that Arnold's like superhumanly strong compared to everyone yeah, else. Yeah, you think
1: Bruce Willis would let la- the, the yeah, trinity of those three I all know. have to be equal at all
0: times? Yeah, the egos are too much. I know, I know, yeah, uh, so yeah, obviously stallone's chasing after van damme because he killed billy and mm-hmm. we get this showdown in this room he, he tells maggie don't take not to come in if if, he, if if the bad guy comes out shoot him then but i'm going in alone this is a one-on-one fight and yeah. yeah he gets this great entrance uh van damme where he's walking out and the lights beaming up from this underneath this walkway uh, and he's like i'm out of bullets but you want to kill me like a man right not a sheep and he throws down his guns and of course barney takes off his belts and guns and he t- you know
1: it's the reverse
0: suit-up scene. Yeah. Uh, and then fight. Uh, I do appreciate that they didn't pretend that Stallone can kick the same way or anything like that. Like, it, it, it starts off with this
1: charge where he just sort of slams him to the ground. I, mm-hmm. I kind of appreciate that. I do. I like how he goes through this entire long thing of Stallone just beating the ever-loving crap out of Van Damme. And then all it takes for Van Damme to get the upper hand is a single headbutt and a spin kick and then he's down on the ground and it kind of just sells just for a moment that yeah he may not be you know the most skilled fighter but he has one or two moves and he has tenacity where he's not gonna really be easy to knock down yeah van lam's got a couple of good lanes
0: actually because he gets stolen down at one point and he's like ah is this it i've had my
1: money's worth i can't do that st- that was a terrible van Damme no, I- voice <laughs> I'm not I'm not even going to try to do it yeah. myself, but I agree. That's kind of what he sounds like. I said he sounded like Tommy Wiseau once or twice. Maybe I should just do my Tommy Wiseau voice. Yeah, that would fit. <laughs> just
0: more serious. Yes. I wanted my money's worth. No, nah, that doesn't work out No, either. that's
1: worse. <laughs> Go with what you had.
0: Uh, it's all terrible. Anyway, uh, obviously he does win. He eventually stabs Van Damme. In the chest with the same knife that with killed the, Billy, with the same knife that killed because Van Damme had it on him, he kept it. Mm-hmm. Um, what and it was one of their knives. It was it was Stone's knife because it had the
1: skull on it. Yep, uh, like everything. At one point early in this movie, someone asks for a pen. Yeah, it's made of skulls. It's this chunky, really
0: thick-looking pen because it's got all this smell skull stuff sticking out of it. I would hate to use that pen. So would I. But I, I, at least someone else says, "Hey." Do you own anything that doesn't have a skull on it? And he's like, "Nope." Oh, all right, fair enough. That's just my thing. Fair enough. I'll roll with it. Uh, so you know, everyone says the good- all 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 the big stars say their goodbyes. You know, Arnold and Bruce Bellis have a couple of
1: lanes. Maggie's going off with them. It is worth noting that he he has a little canvas bag. And he's like, hey, yeah, I beat the lead. And Schwarzenegger says, where's the proof? And he just flips over this bag that's bloody. And he says, heads up. Take like your okay. canvas bags. Take your
0: canvas bags. Take your canvas bags to the supermarket. It's a song about using canvas bags instead of plastic ones every time for the I'm, environment i'm
1: pretty sure that's a uk only thing because i have no idea what you're oh, talking yeah, it's, about it's
0: it's a, it's a british uh, singer slash comedian who did it gotcha gotcha uh, but as soon as you said canvas bag all i could hear in my head was that that's uh, it. that song uh, sorry <laughs> yeah uh yeah you know, bit over the top uh a bit extreme but you know uh, nice as they put it uh mm-hmm. so she goes off with them
1: um i don't think she's back in the third one so, uh, I don't think so either. But I mean, that's just that's going to be the running thing: is no female character can outlast one movie.
0: To be fair, they might have had Ronda Rousey back for four if she
1: didn't turn out to be an absolute tool. That's fair, you know. I mean, might... we're also we're also getting Mel Gibson next movie, but he was already. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> so, <sighs> yeah, maybe we'll talk about that next time. um mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, last scene of the movie is just the the regular gang on the plane drinking to to uh, Billy, uh, which comes after a scene in Paris where you see Billy's girlfriend get a big box of cash and the letter that he left for. Yep. Uh, so you know she she, she got uh, some uh, inheritance
1: effectively. <laughs> yeah, was going to say some hazard pay. Yeah. Um. So the, the one line that got me was that because their plane was destroyed. Uh, Church gifts Barney a new plane and says, "Here you go. This is my gift to you." And it's just this crappy old biplane, like it barely looks mm. like it could fly. And he specifically says, "That belongs in a museum." Oh yeah, of course, yes, it does. And I'm like, "That's a weird pull." I,
0: I don't think it was a reference to that. I think it was just a setup for the other guy going,
1: "Yeah, don't we all?" And I agree. Until I went into the trivia afterwards, where apparently that was the exact same model plane that was used in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull.
0: Okay, alright, fair enough. It seems like it's just
1: too close of a link. Okay, okay, fair enough,
0: fair enough. It did stick out to me as sounding like an Indiana Jones line, but I took it Mm -hmm. as just set up for the other line. But fair enough, that that feels very specific to... To, to not uh do something with so fair yeah. enough um we did gloss over as well statham having his fight with uh oh yeah you know uh, the Atkins character uh he does have a fun death actually he gets punched into the uh the back propeller of a helicopter so his head gets you know yeah cut off uh i like it i mean that was that was straight up indiana jones as well it was just more bloody yeah you just see more of it yeah yeah uh no i i enjoyed that death that was good mm-hmm. um yeah also, now that I'm thinking about it, there was a random scene in the middle where they go looking for information. This is before they get to the run-down town, I think, where mm. they go
1: to a, a bar for information. Yeah, that's right. That, uh, really, that had nothing to do except to make Maggie the, like, group's torture person, which I didn't think you really needed someone who knew torture.
0: Yeah, obviously the purpose of the scene from a plot perspective is to just so they've got a direction to go in. But honestly, mm-hmm. you could have just given them a
1: line of dialogue that told them where to go and just cut yeah. that scene out. It could uh, just be church, church saying, hey, if you're going to go after him, we got Intel saying yeah. he's that way. Uh, this,
0: despite all that, there's only a couple of little pacing blips like that where I'd cut, because it, it's still only an hour 40, hour 45. I, I think mm-hmm. the pacing's actually really good. I think it knows it's a dumb movie. It just sort of plays into it. Some of the lanes are a bit too cringy but for the most part it feels like it's got a more of a, it's got its finger on the pulse of what it's trying to be whereas the first movie didn't the first movie felt like it was aiming for one thing but the tone was off to doing another thing and then what mm-hmm. the audience wanted was in this third place here it felt like things were at least you know the Venn diagram
1: was a lot more aligned maybe oh. not completely but yeah. a lot more aligned yeah, I, I hard agree on that. My my issue with pacing comes down to pretty much once we hit the village scene, I don't think that I really would have changed the length of it. I don't think any scenes could be straight cut. But I do think that the, the action line, the sort of line of how much we're building up to the finale of the third act, just stutters a little bit where we've been doing so much and then we spend this long time in the village we then get this tiny little fight and then we spend this time in the mine. And I think that it would be better to have, if we're going to have this down moment, have it just be one continuous down moment and then get into the final action scene. So that way we are able to really hit that punch a lot harder. Instead, we get down moment, fight, down moment, final action.
0: Yeah, I see what you're saying. I just, I think it moves so quickly through all of it out. It never yeah, becomes. Like, I mean, that it much was a also problem. a thing.
1: It was also a thing. I was watching this while I was supposed to be working. So I was having to pause semi regularly. So maybe <laughs> that was a section where I was paused for a while and it was able to just sit in my head. Yeah.
0: So we gave the first movie overall a 4.75, if I recall. Yes. Uh, Average ship. Uh, so I'm curious to see where we land up with this one. So what are you rating Expendables 2?
1: I mean obviously better than the last one um, I give the last one a 5 So probably just based off of that I'd give this one I'd give it a 6.5 I, th- I think it's just shy of 7 Where 7 is like No this is just an absolute like quality movie Not great but still f- Like perfectly watchable Perfectly good I think it just has a couple little hiccups here and there The thing that gets it that little .5 Is that the Chuck Norris stuff and the fact that they do just have fun with it. It does, even if I'm not aware of the classic 80s tropes as well as you are, I still picked up on them enough to know they were having fun with them. I still know that they are harkening back to that time a lot more than the first one was. So 6.5 for me.
0: Yeah, I'm actually also going 6.5. I don't think I can give it the 7 because I still wouldn't ultimately say it was a good movie in an objective sense. But I think... Mm it gets about as close on our scale as you can without being that, just because it it is actually, it's in what it's trying to be for the most part. It, and like you say, them feeling like they're actually having fun with it and calling back to what they're supposed to be calling back to makes it so much better than the first one. It's got a better villain. It's got, you know, the action is still not amazing, but it does have more memorable moments and the characters though feel like they're having more fun. And you know, all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Plus, you get to see you know the big stars that are cameos do more. They're actually involved a little bit, and at least in the third act. So that's yep. uh, nice to see too.
1: So it's it's one of those things though where I'm looking at at least the trilogy, the first three, and the they always have the last names on the poster. Yeah. I can't even imagine how they're going to try to balance the next movie. Mm-hmm. I, it just doesn't seem feasible
0: yeah yeah because uh, the next one i don't remember a whole lot about it but i remember there's like an entire team of young so they did billy in this one the next one has like an entire team of like four or five young people uh okay. including ronda rousey and some other people so uh mm-hmm. we'll see how that how that uh works uh the one notable thing get into the third one that i'll mention and this was like a sort of warning sign get in is that they, the studio insisted that it was pg-13 Right, And that did stick out because, you know, this movie does have its violence and it's like, can you really hearken back to these movies that we're supposed to be harkening back to without that, you know, yeah. element of it? So, you know, we'll see how we feel uh, talking mm-hmm. about the next one. But that is Expendables 2. But we, of course, have to decide if it is making the cut.
1: Yes. Um, I'm going to just throw out there as the basis. You can argue me in either direction. Mm-hmm. cutting it close i think that like you said this isn't a great movie it's definitely not something that everybody will enjoy it's the kind of thing that you gotta look past a few flaws to understand but i also don't think it is bad enough to be cut from the collection either so i'm I mean, putting out cutting it close
0: that's a lot of the scraping i was just going to say yeah cutting it close feels right so
1: well i have to justify it to some extent otherwise <laughs> if the show wasn't about justifying it we could just show up here and be like it was okay we but. just spend like 90 minutes justifying. well 80 minutes but still people we got a we got a comment on that our oppenheimer review was not the full length of the movie yeah some people want longer reviews yeah but if you can believe that
0: people some people want longer <laughs> reviews Um, I'm not sure how much longer we can go on uh, unless we just do like a top 25 Chuck Norris facts here at the end for the lols but I don't think
1: we're going to do that I've got a thousand and one (laughs) on one of my (laughs) webpages
0: that's okay that's okay Um, so yeah Uh, so obviously next time we're doing Expendables 3 and we'll see how the original trilogy (laughs) wrapped up uh, before doing the new one out in theaters and as always when we've got a new theater release we're always recording the earlier episodes a little bit more in advance of the new one mm. so there's always a bit of a gap for us but not for you guys you'll always go from you know in this case expendables 3 to the next week expendables 4 but for us you know we record this a little bit in advance it's been 84
1: years very good okay. are you trying to quote titanic I was. I forgot how many years it was, though. It's 70-something. It's not 80-something. 70-something? Darn. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Oh,
1: well. If
0: it was wrong again, what can we say?
1: I have to be the plucky underdog, (laughs) whereas you're the experienced veteran. Oh, dear. I am the Liam Hemsworth. You are the Sylvester Stallone.
0: (laughs) Well... (laughs) that's fine you can be the half hemsworth you're not the proper one you're not chris
1: i'm not gonna pretend to be chris
0: I'm <laughs> <laughs> it's too much responsibility that's said, liam's the one who was like with miley cyrus for a long time so or maybe still is i don't know i don't keep yeah, up to date I with, lost the, track of that. with the relationships but i think they were married or are married one of the two anywho uh that is expendables 2 so hopefully you had fun with us going through the movie and um can give us your thoughts and z comments and all that jazz uh, but that is the uh, that is the show. Uh, so we'll see you next time. Of course, you can get bonus content if you want to support all the stuff, all the shows we make, and you want to keep it all coming. You can get some extras by going over to Patreon.com/MillfuzzTV and supporting us financially over there. Uh, any tier over there, you'll get access to the bonus episode every month, which will loosely tie into things we did a Dolph Lundgren movie this month to tie into Expendables. Uh, and at the five dollar and up tiers, you'll also get access uh, to the collector's cut extra reels where we do so bad so 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 bad movies that sometimes (laughs) they're actually amazing because they're so bad but sometimes they're just very painful Uh, so if you want to see us going through the eye of Jupiter uh, watching a Neil Breen movie you can go and get that on Patreon but that is uh, my plugs for bonus content. Anyway that is the show thank you very much for watching we always appreciate it. Keep watching movies and I've already said all the quotes from the movie. (laughs) Just give me another Chuck Norris. I've used all my Chuck Norris. Uh, All of them? Well, it's been a long time, okay? I remember the good
1: ones. Um, all right. right, I'll give you one. I'll give you one. uh, You give us one. Chuck Norris can make onions cry.